What's up, everyone? Welcome to another week of Cross Em Up Podcast. I'm Maddie Trev here with Beach Hill, and I am very excited to announce we are now a gymnastics school. For those of you that haven't heard, the Michigan women are national champs in gymnastics this season. Um, I watched the championship yesterday. It was just amazing. I was starstruck. And the men also placed third today. So those combined finishes between the men and women for gymnastics is super impressive. Yeah, that's quite quite potent to have that, like, to finish that high for both programs. And I didn't really know that we were a good gymnastics school, but as with a first and, like, fourth place result, it's hard, really hard to do better than that. I actually found out about, I didn't even know that, the nationals was that week. And I actually found out on Twitter from Dave Portnoy's account. He tweeted um, an expletive at Ohio and then like quote tweeted the wins. So I think he, he was using that as like bragging rights over Ohio state, but yeah, incredibly impressive for them. And I guess more of an incentive to another incentive to like follow along on, with these sports that aren't in the mainstream and gymnastics is kind of like running and like track and field in the sense that you really only like, follow it like when it's in the Olympics but now when if you go to a school that gets a has a team that wins the nationals it gets that's more of an incentive to follow that especially when football really isn't that good right now in Michigan yeah that's a good point I was actually talking with my roommate Annie yesterday um, because we were watching the replay of uh, the final day of the championship um, on ESPN and just talking about how a lot of it is, is all about like the marketing and the publicity that, um, you know, it's kind of on these media companies to, to try to promote watching events like this that aren't the mainstream sports. And I think like when people see it and it's on, like, it's fun to watch, it's fun to watch. And I've also been to meets in person before, and it's a great atmosphere. Like, you know, their teammates will be cheering each other on like during someone's floor routine. And they're kind of like doing the little dance moves like with them at certain points. And it's just a really fun vibe. And there's like that energy, but that suspense too. And, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. And um, so I think like, that's a great point that you bring it up because the more that we start talking about some of these other sports, I think people would be interested in it. It's just like society has obviously, you know, favored football and basketball and then like the big sports. So um, it's cool to see gymnastics starting to get more recognition. And I think it's just showing that we're kind of trending to, um, you know, be able to share the love with some of these other sports. Yeah. And so I know you have a recap of the event. I'm going to go off on a little bit of a tangent here because like a thought just like popped up in my mind. And I know this is like so hard to do now because there's limits placed on like how many people you could have in a venue for like in show but for these like lesser known sports I think it really like you said is about the promotion and you got to make it like a fun event to go to live where it's like a show where it's entertainment and like I almost think like you need to have like introduce like gambling into it and betting because that will get people more tied in like that's I don't know like how like gymnastics like works with like the crowd or like how you're supposed to behave but I think like for running and for track specifically like I think they need to make it like way more of like a spectacle and more of an event as in like you let people like drink at the meets, like you get like tons of fans there, let them drink, let them tailgate. And then you also like introduce gambling and betting, like for like horse races, people go there and they gamble and they bet. Why not let them do that for a track race and like show up to the track and gamble and bet and tailgate and make it a big fun, like spectacle. 
I don't know how gymnastics is with the crowd for that. So I don't know if it would be appropriate to have people coming in and tailgating and then going and watching the game. I don't know if you're supposed to be like quiet when people are doing their routines or if that, that would be bad, but I know for track, definitely like you want a loud crowd and that makes it exciting. So maybe for these lesser known sports, you got to let the, let the fans get a little bit wild and make it more of an event to go to these games. And right now that doesn't really apply because you have to watch sports online and you can't go to games, but maybe down the line, that's how to do it to make it bigger. And I think for, for track, this is not my original idea for track, at least like Nick Simmons has thrown that out, but I don't know, feel free to disagree with me about getting the fans rowdy for this, but that's, that just thought just popped in my mind right there. A little tangent. Yeah, actually I have thought about that before. I think there are two things that need to happen to make something like track uh, a more, I guess, popular event to go watch is a, like, I do think like the betting thing would draw people in for sure. And it's like, what's really, I mean, horse race or, uh, you know, people racing, I think like athletes, as long as there's not any sort of, you know, detrimental thing, you know, against like the athlete. I mean, I don't know if that would happen at the college level with how the NCAA system is structured, but I like, especially like for like pro meets, why not? And then they also need to be run more efficiently. Sometimes you go to a track meet and if there's like delays in between events and it just takes forever, like someone doesn't want to sit there in the bleachers for four hours, like just make it a quick event, stop having all these heats, make it an elite event where you have the, the best people racing and, and rather than having like six heats of the 1500. Um, and I think that would draw more people in too. Um, so yeah, good point there. I know for gymnastics, um, like I've been to uh, back when we could go in person, Chrysler Arena to watch the team uh, once or twice. And it's cool. Like they do have cardboard cutouts of the girls and, you know, they'll have like theme nights at Chrysler and stuff like that. So I think that they do try to make it fun for fans. I don't think the gymnastics atmosphere would be something where like betting and drinking should be introduced um, because it's just like not that sort of environment, I don't think. But um, I do think that that's a, a really good point. And I mean, just even watching the broadcast, I feel like they had really cool hype videos of the girls and, um, you know, the, the commentators do a good job of explaining what's going on for people that don't know the sport. And I think sometimes that's another thing that can keep people from getting involved in watching a new sport that they didn't grow up playing or grew up watching because they don't really know the rules or how it's scored. And um, but but they do a good job of explaining it and showing up. She'll get a tenth of a deduction because of this or, you know, this is her move or this is the highest point value that this routine has and, and just kind of giving us perspective as people that aren't familiar with it. So I really appreciated that, too. Yeah, exactly. It's a lot of it is about the commentary and the quality of streams, especially today when you can't have fans of the game. So that's like good to hear that that they like explain what was going on, knowing that people are, aren't going to be watching gymnastics every weekend. So like I think that's one of the big downfalls for running and for running commentator commentators is that they're just like not good a lot of the time or they're really boring. There's no hype, like there's no intros or anything like you mentioned. And I actually I think shout out to Cole Johnson, by the way, because his like live videos of like there was a meet over the weekend and he like gave commentary. His commentary was like so much better than like any of the flow track guys that you could find. So maybe he, maybe flow track should give him a little gig on the side there. Let him comment. But 
yeah, it's all about it. Yeah, it's all about making things entertaining and not boring. And the the classic like problem is like everyone watches gymnastics, track, like swimming when the Olympics are on, but like then in between those four years, they don't watch it. And how do you make it appealing so that people like at their colleges will go and and watch these events and watch it on like a more regular basis? Obviously, it might not be where you're watching it every weekend like you would watch football, but get it to the point where you'll like follow along and watch like the conference championships or, or the nationals in this case. And that's kind of like, uh, like the average fan like myself has just like not seen as much of an incentive to like watch these sports, even though I used to participate in a sport that was not like mainstream and maybe, yeah. So it's going to go a long way. It's going to go like how the production is done, how the broadcasters do things, how it is like live when you're there, like, are they playing like hype music and like, doing intros and making it like entertaining and something that a product that you like want to watch. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. And also, yeah, I agree. Shout out to Cole. I was watching his Insta live too up the meet and I thought he did a really good job of also just getting excited and like saying like, Oh, he's going to make a move. Like he's going. And like, he did a good job of that. And then also, um, you know, during the 10 K where it's a little bit slower in the beginning and not much is going on giving some background info on the racers. So Good job, Cole. Um, I don't know if you still listen to this, but if you do, shout out to you. Uh, yeah, that was a professional Instagram live stream, or as professional as you could get for an Instagram live stream for a 10K. Yeah, exactly. So um, that was cool. But uh, back to the gymnastics recap. So I was, I even know, knew like what had happened because I heard that they won. I was like doing something during the live competition. So I went back and I wanted to watch the competition. But even knowing the result, I was like kind of nervous watching and it was um, I was on the edge of my seat and uh, it was actually really cool. Like Juwan Howard said the same thing on Instagram. He gave the team a shout out and was just like, I was watching on the edge of my seat till the end. And it's so true because, um, you know, basically what it came down to is is the last routine. So uh, for those of you that aren't familiar with how, um, you know, gymnastics works, obviously there's the four events um for women's gymnastics beam vault floor and bars and then um for the ncaa tournament after regionals the top eight teams um qualify and so the first day of competition which is considered like the semifinal, there are eight teams and then from there four teams advance and so um michigan florida utah and um i'm blanking on the other oh duh, oklahoma those are the four teams that made it to the final day. And so the day before is when they award all American honors individually and um, you know, that sort of thing. And then it's all about the, the team score the next day. And so uh, yesterday was the, you know, final team championship and uh, each t- uh, school starts on a different event and it was cool. They did like a good job of showing sometimes all of them starting at once for each rotation. And then, um, kind of honing in on, on the more critical routines or if someone has like a very interesting or good high stakes routine, then they'll feature that one. But I know they had channels for all of the events essentially, which I thought was another good thing um, in terms of broadcasting and viewership. But uh, so at the end, Oklahoma had finished um, their floor routines before we were done with beam and floor typically scores higher. And so basically this girl, um, our uh, last 
um, basically there are five uh, athletes that can do that event and they take the top four scores. So one of them can scratch and Abby high school had to basically like nail her routine to secure the win. And, you know, talk about pressure. She's on this beam. First of all, I mean, I'm sure they don't get as nervous, but I get nervous just like watching them there because I mean, you can fall and like just being able to be hyper-focused in that high pressure environment, obviously it's what they train for. It's what they're used to, especially in a sport like gymnastics, but just to see her do it and nail it and like go over to her teammates, knowing like she basically just did everything that she could. And then they're waiting for the score and they started seeing the scores come in and you could see, like, they kind of thought that they had it and they, and they started kind of hugging each other. And then when it was final, just like exploded with excitement. It was just so amazing to see that, you know, she was so clutch for them, but uh, you know, it wasn't the only star either. They have such a deep team. Um, she was an all round comp- competitor, meaning that she did all four events, whereas sometimes they only have like a bar specialist or a floor specialist. Um, but Michigan was really deep in that they have her along with, um, Natalie Vojek and Sierra Brooks, um, were all all round competitors. So it was just, uh, yeah, amazing to see very talented team, um, you know, more than one star and, and they really got it done. Yeah, that must have been like really fun to watch like that last like clutch routine. And I have a question. So how did so the scores come in? Is it so is it all like judge based then for all the scores? Like, how does that you know how that works? I don't know exactly. Like there's definitely criteria and um, and like for lack of a better word, an algorithm for scoring. but basically like, oh, if your toe isn't pointed here, that's a deduction and like this and that. And um, there is also a difference in routine difficulty level and the max score that you can get. So the max you can ever get is like a 10, right? But some routines don't have like as many um, what are considered difficult skills in them. And so they're, the max score of that routine will be like, a nine, nine or a nine, eight or something like that. So, um, that's sometimes like a gamble too, that people do, they'll have like a really hard routine that you might be more likely to like, you know, slip or make a mistake. But if you do nail it, you have like a high, a potential to score more than if you were more conservative. And so that's another, um, interesting kind of dimension of this sport. And there are multiple judges for each, um, basically event and, you know, they're just like watching the whole time and, and taking notes and then they can't kind of compare scores and then come up with a total score um, based off of, I believe there are like three judges or so. Um, but yeah, it's, it is interesting in sports that are more subjective because you wonder if like, how do you make sure that it's, um, you know, honest and fair, but it, it seems like it's a, it's a pretty systematic approach to scoring. So like instant replay is involved like heavily in this then? You see, I don't think that they can look at replays. Okay. I'm not, I'm not sure, but it, it just doesn't seem to me that, because I would think that they would just be constantly analyzing replays if that was the case. True. And I guess like across, you like probably different like technology across like the NCAA, like probably not everyone could have like the best cameras or if it's broadcast or not. So right. That, yeah, that would make sense if it would have to be done like in the moment. Because yeah. my like, what I'm thinking is like, if they're like, there's 
there's got, had to have been like huge, like controversy in the past with like, maybe a coach thinks that the score was like too low or something or like that the opponents like was too high. So there has to, they have to have like a good system down to try and like keep that to a minimum. Yeah, absolutely. You would think, um, especially when it does come down to like tenths of a point between scores, you know, so Oklahoma was the runner up. They scored 198.1625 and we scored 198.25. So, um, you know, very, very close. And then Utah was, was, and Florida were both in the 197s. And it's just goes to show you that like, you know, for instance, Florida on their first um, rotation on beam had two bad routines and they had to keep one of those scores. And so that kind of like put them out of the running for, basically the entire meet because they just knew that they wouldn't be able to catch up and they still pulled it together and performed well, but they were just out of it. And so it's just like, it's amazing that, especially in a sport like gymnastics, like if you want to win, everything has to be almost perfect. And, um, you know, it's just kind of goes to show you how mentally challenging the sport is in addition to obviously physically challenging, uh, so honestly, like for, for like, talk about ice in your veins, these, these women have ice in their veins. <laughs> they bring it. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like for something like this, like the, the pressure has to be like immensely high for all of them. Like it's, it's not like a, it's not like football in a way where like, you're like, we're not, or only a few players are directly in the spotlight for like impacting the outcome. But this like, it's almost, it almost like a lot, like, the whole team basically has to take like a clutch, like shot almost at the end of the game, like that kind of thing. Like every, every point matters. And like, you have like a direct impact on your team. So like they like, yeah, the pressure must be like, if you're like going in that last routine and you like determine the outcome it's on you, like that pressure has to be insane. Like you said, yeah. Ice in your veins, like you said. Yeah. And I, I know that like a, a sport like gymnastics, I mean, these, these women have grown up in high pressure situations, constantly being judged for perfection in their routine. So, you know, it is high pressure. I think that they've, they literally have been training for years under this pressure. And, and I, I think it's still not to downplay the fact that they are probably feeling it more than ever. But I also think that they, they were, they've been training for it. They were used to it and they were just able to show up and do it. And I think that's also like part of the thing. Sometimes it is just luck too. Um, you know, one thing goes wrong and your team's out of it. Well, it was just extremely fortunate that we were able to fire on all cylinders and, and we've shown that we were the best team on the, on the day that was required for us to do that. If we wanted to be able to win that championship, you know, for example, for the big 10 meet Minnesota beat us. And so like, imagine we weren't even big 10 champs and then become national champs, um, which is just, you know, part of sport. Yeah. The other thing that's incredible about gymnastics is yeah. Like you said, they've been there before from my understanding, like gymnastics is a sport where like you start really, really young. So like, and then you don't usually like, I've also heard that like, you don't have, like, you don't compete as far into your twenties as like other sports. So it's like, you start really young and then you like your prime is like a lot earlier than your prime would be in most sports. So yeah. So that's like, that's also really like interesting is like, how do you start like a sport like so young and then like not get burnt out, like competing at with like that high pressure for all those years. That's like, 
like they, they must be like really incredible athletes to, I mean, obviously they won a national championship, but like to make it like this far into their careers and like survive the pressure and survive like all the practice hours, like starting at a way younger age than most athletes do for their sports. So kudos to them. Yeah, that's such a good point. Um, especially for college gymnastics, you'll have athletes on teams that like went to the Olympics when they were 16. And then instead of going pro, they decided to, to go and it's taking consider a step down to, to compete in college. And like a lot of these girls, when they're deciding if they want to do college gymnastics or USA gymnastics, you know, when they're at their let like 16, 17, you know, some of them decide to to forego their college eligibility to pursue um, you know, the Olympics and worlds and get sponsorships and stuff like that. And then others are like, Oh, actually, I just want to compete for my school and a team and, and what's considered even lower pressure and compete for something bigger than bigger than myself. Obviously when you compete for the U S that's competing for a team, but it's just a little different than, you know, training with the team all year round and, and less individualized. So, um, yeah. And then it just, the fact, like I, cannot imagine how hard it must be on your body for that many years starting at such a young age like you said so um yeah I guess they're just superhumans I don't know <laughs> it's pretty yeah. amazing I really didn't do my homework for this and this this shows but are any of them like were, are any of them Olympians or were no um, not on our team yeah. but yeah. I did notice um someone like a couple girls in the meet that I'd recognize like one was an alternate her name's Reagan um, that now competes for Oklahoma. And I remember she was an alternate for the 2016 Olympics. Um, so yeah. And then like Jordan Weber, the coach of Arkansas went to the Olympics and then now decided to coach, um, because I, I think she didn't have eligibility for competing in college, but wanted to be a part of the system. So it's just interesting. Like it's, it's a sport where, you know, yeah, you, you peak really young and, and then you find something else to do or, or get into coaching or something. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully they have the Olympics this year. Cause I saw it's kind of like it's on uneven ground kind of right now. Like it's as of right now, it's still going on, but then there's been rumors going out about how it, it might not happen or there's, I think there's probably definitely not going to be fans there, but hopefully the Olympics happens. I know the logistics are pretty tough there when you have athletes coming from all over in different countries, but hopefully at this point they can figure out testing procedure where most athletes have been vaccinated where they can make the Olympics happen. Cause that would be like a huge bummer for the Olympics to be canceled or like postponed again, especially because I'm sure like gymnastics is kind of like running where it's like, you have like your training plans are like structured in like four year blocks where you're like, it's based on the Olympic year. So you're trying to peak for that like four years. So hopefully the Olympics goes on for them because that would be a huge bummer and interrupt and their training plans have already been interrupted with the Olympics being like moved back a year. So hopefully it doesn't get pushed back or canceled. I know, I know. And not only for gymnastics, but some other sports, it's like when you have this competition every four years, like some people only have one chance to do it, you know, it's just like rare to even make one Olympic team, let alone be able to hang on for another four years training to try to give yourself a chance to even make the other. So um, yeah, I really do hope it happens for the athlete's sake and for my sake too. I want to watch the Olympics. I love the Olympics. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess it's a good sign that it hasn't been canceled as of now. And I think hopefully things are getting better, but who knows you hear different things every day. Yeah. And the, it's amazing how like 
the Olympics is huge for like non mainstream sports because that's how you get your endorsements is by performing well at the Olympics. That's how you get like big sponsorships by like companies like not associated with like your sport. So, and incent for our, for pro athletes that are already pros, like you hit like your incentives there. So there's a lot that like hinges on the Olympics for some of the best in the non-mainstream sports. So hopefully that takes place. Yeah. That would be really terrible if they canceled it. Yeah, for real. Um, talking about non-mainstream sports makes me think of, I was just talking about this with my um, cousin and his fiance yesterday. Uh, they're both climbers, um, you know, go to Planet Rock all the time. Sometimes it's been closed during COVID, but um, then they'll also take, you know, trips of the weekend to like Kentucky and, and climb. They're like super serious into it, really good. Um, but this year, rock climbing is going to be in the Olympics. But they were explaining it to me is that there are different types of like climbing challenges, right? There's bouldering where you don't have any ropes and, and you're basically kind of hanging on. It, it requires a lot of like grip strength and, um, you know, basically just like any kind of strength, like to, to be able to kind of go from point A to point B laterally, uh, you know, while not falling. And then there is this other version where it's like a, there's like a standard course, like picture, like so if you do go to like a planet rock or something and you have like the, you're hooked into the, um, you know, rope and, and someone's belaying you and stuff like that. But, um, apparently there's like a standard course that you will have at like every single gym, like everywhere that you go. And so the other event is like how fast you can do this like standardized course. And so like people that do that are usually super muscular, really powerful, full, like strong. And then there's the other, um, end where it's just like, who can basically get up this challenging course. And it's not necessarily for time, but it's like for being able to complete, you know, a challenge. And so like of those, like three different types, rather than having people specialize in one or the other, there's choosing people to do all of those. So my cousin gives the analogy, it'd be like having someone have to compete in the 100 meter, 10K and long jump instead of like, and I think it's going to change after this Olympic cycle and, and they'll be able to have people that are like the boulders and, and the race climbers and stuff like that. But it's just like <laughs> kind of crazy to think about. So it's basically the people that will be representing their countries in the rock climbing Olympics just have to be decent at all three instead of the best at one of them yeah it's kind of I guess like a mini decathlon with only three events but like it, the same concept where you're like spread where you're going like way outside your specialty in like both ranges it's kind of like cycling I guess too like you'll have like sprinters and then you'll have climbers you'll, you'll have some cyclists who are like a mix between the two and that's like the tour the France, there's like all like the different like stages that they have to do. So like some stages, like the time trialists will do really well or like the sprinters, but then you'll have like the longer climbing stages where like the endurance guys will do well. So I guess that's kind of like the rock climbing like idea of like, you have to be, you have to have a, like a big range, but mm -hmm. like I have so much you know, climbers, like I have so much respect for because like I've climbed like on like an artificial rock wall and you have the ropes and everything. And there's like not much of a danger in that. But like, I just can't imagine like climbing on like an actual cliff and especially like without ropes, that just like freaks me out completely to like look down and like, just, it seems like one bad move and like, you're done. Like I, I'm like just freaked out by that, even though like, I love like 
mountains. I love hiking. I love like big like views, but just like the thought of like actually like climbing and or like scaling a cliff just like freaks me out. So I would never, I would never be able to do that. Even if I got like, like I, if I became like strong enough from like climbing on an artificial wall, like I just would not be able to wrap my head around like climbing like out and like in nature and like climbing up like a rock or some structure like that like that would be crazy like I wouldn't make it yeah it's it's absolutely insane um I well my cousins when they go there you can bring ropes if you go like on natural rock and they have like certain courses where they'll have like little things that you can hook into so they're not like that insane but I don't know if you've seen free solo where um the guy actually does like doesn't hook in and he like literally so, like free solos these like insanely crazy mountains um you know almost fell once just wasn't phased anyway you should check out the movie like if yeah, you believe it or not i haven't seen that and, like everyone tells me like oh you you gotta like watch it and like apparently the camera angles and stuff are insane there's like some controversy where they were like they supposedly didn't use drones and they used like just a huge like extent I don't know what it's called but it like holds the camera out really far and apparently they use that because there's like nature requirements but some say that they use drones I don't know that's I'm going off on a tangent here but yeah but I've heard that that's amazing so I, I do I gotta check that out yeah you should it was really interesting um yeah I can't imagine doing anything where you're like if I have a bad day, I will die. <laughs> like, I'm not that much of a risk taker. Yeah, no, I, cycling, I think, is as far as I go <laughs> in terms of, like, risk. Yeah, I don't even know if or I would do it. Plane park skiing, I, I didn't last well there. That was kind of a risk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> remember that one. <laughs> yeah, I'll remember that how I felt there or whatever. It's like, oh, do you want to try, like, something a little bit extreme? I'll remember that fall and be like, probably, I probably shouldn't do that. At least you uh, came away unscathed and you didn't break anything. Yeah. So, well, um, yeah, it was uh, quite quite the week in, for Michigan sports and, um, you know, really happy to see their success. Do you have any shout outs for this week, Brian? Any shout outs? No, I no, no shout outs. I guess I already shouted out Cole for his great um, commentary and, and Instagram live work. So I'll give him another shout out then. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I have any shout outs on my end besides, um, yeah, good job to our teammates that race this weekend. And biggest shout out is just Michigan gymnastics, man. Oh yeah. Shout out to the, to the, everyone that raced. I saw those times on Twitter and I was like, wow, like what's, people are running like really fast. Like, I don't know what's, what's in the air or what was going on in Indiana, but yeah. yeah it's easy it's, it happen for sure. Um, and then just so our viewers know coming up, we know we have the NFL draft to look forward to. So that will be next week's episode. Um, and yeah, if anyone has anything that they want to talk about on our podcast, just message us and we will look into it. Um, but I think it, it's nice that we love the mainstream sports, but it's kind of nice to, to go off the beaten path a little bit, especially now we're kind of in a little bit of a lull in the sports world in terms of, you know, championships and stuff like that happening in, in between seasons. So um, yeah, hit us up. 
All right. Well, um, with that, we hope everyone has a great week and we will see you next week.